Well, uh, this year, we, um, as we were praying about, uh, you know, towards the end of last year, we were praying about what God was really calling us into in the year 2020. It's not, it's not hindsight. Um, hindsight's always good, but um, it's not that. Um, we're, we, we really felt that God was calling us uh, to really start talking about victory. And Daryl mentioned that briefly last, uh, last week. And um, how many of us, Go through life without truly ever walking in victory. First John chapter five verse four says, "For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith." See, God has called us to a life of victory. So, if we're not walking in that, if we're not walking in victory then it's important that we ask the question, why? Why are we not walking in victory? Now, I do want you to hear me on this. I'm not saying that God has called us to live a life without trouble, to live a life without hardship. In fact, Jesus actually promises the opposite. He says that in this world you will have trouble. It's in John chapter 16, 33. It says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. We're going to have trouble. We're going to have hardships. That's part of life. But knowing that Jesus has overcome the world gives us the peace and the hope to walk through this life in freedom, in victory, in spite of what troubles come our way. Let's, let's look at it from this perspective. What, what types of stories draw your attention? Sometimes I'll be watching a movie with, with my wife, and, um, and one of the characters will do something stupid, and one of us will say something along the lines of, so dumb. Why did, why, 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 did, why did he do that? But if he hadn't done it, there wouldn't really be a story. <laughs> Right? Sometimes it's the dumb decisions that lead to the story. How many of us like to, to watch stories or, or watch movies, read books where absolutely nothing happens? There's no conflict, nothing to resolve, everybody's happy, and then the story ends. If you like that, then you, sh- you, sh- you should watch Teletubbies. It's a great <laughs> option for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, deep, deep down, we understand that that's not realistic, right? That's not life. That's, that's, the stories that draw us in are the stories of people who experience deep hardship. And they find a way to overcome it. Why are we drawn to this? Because we have hardships in our lives and we want to believe that, that we can overcome them, that in the midst of of difficult times, we can be victorious. I, uh, I graduated from college uh, almost 12 years ago now. Yay. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and after I graduated, I entered into a season of confusion. Not really knowing what I was doing with my life. I, I felt defeated. Nothing was going the way I wanted, to, uh, wanted life to go. I felt like a failure in my career. I felt like a failure in relationships. I felt like a, a failure in, in ministry. 
I was still involved in the church there, and I just felt like a failure in just about every aspect of my life. And uh, around this time, I actually wrote a song called Composed. And um, it's working. There we go. Composed. In the song, I wrote about walking through life with, with a smile on my face, walking through life just uh, composed, like everything is going well, but inside, all I wanted to do was scream. If you're good with it, I'd, uh, I, I thought I might be a bit vulnerable and play that song for you now. Hey. Okay? All right. <laughs> guys. Do any of you relate to that? How many of us put on a brave face, put on a smile, but inside all we want to do is scream? So question, can we just stop pretending that we have it all together? Jesus didn't come for those who had it all together. Luke chapter 4, verse 18, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus came for the brokenhearted. Jesus came for the hurting. He came for the blind, for the oppressed. The church is for people who are broken. And then what's amazing is that Jesus doesn't allow us to stay the way that we are. And so he begins to mend us. Now, we're never going to have it completely all together, this side of heaven, but but. but Jesus is going, is works on us. He, he, he helps us through our hurts, through our oppression, little by little. <clears throat> Jesus came to heal us, to free us. We are called to see victory in our lives and allow God to heal us. It was out of this difficult time in my life where God uprooted me. And uh, I moved to Sydney, Australia. I stayed there for two years. I was going to Hillsong College. And man, this was just such a formative time in my life. A healing time in my life, actually. I can, I can look back at my two years, and there were, there were multiple breakthroughs that I had at, at different, different times. It did not happen all at once. It was piece by piece, God broke down the hurt, broke down the failures in my life, and healed me. And I can say the first thing that God did when I was there was to take my eyes off myself. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. 
One, I would say that one of my biggest issues in that season of my life is that my eyes were on me. They were on my situation. They were on my problems, my troubles. Sometimes in the midst of difficult times, the last thing that we want to do is exactly what we need to do. When we're going through a difficult time, what do we want to do? We want to have a pity party. We want to feel sorry for ourselves. But it's amazing that when we take our eyes off of ourselves, put our eyes on Jesus, it's amazing what happens. And what's, what's actually cool about that is that, that then Jesus says, okay, now that your eyes are on me, let me show you this other person in need. And in the midst of our challenging situation, in the midst of our need, we're helping someone else in need. Looking to Jesus and helping others has a way of changing our mindset. When our eyes are on our problems, they seem huge. Why? Because that's what's in focus. That's what our eyes are on. If, 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 if I take one of these pieces of paper, this, these paper, this paper right now looks a lot bigger than you guys. Now, if I'm looking at you, obviously this paper's a lot smaller than any person in this room, right? So, but but when, our folk, when we're focused on something, that's what seems big. That's what seems huge. So when our eyes are on our problems, on our troubles, they're going to seem huge. But when our eyes are on helping others, and our eyes are on God, it's amazing that our problems don't necessarily go away. They're still there. But they don't seem as big anymore. The next big thing that God worked on within me was my identity. Romans chapter 5, verse 17 says, For if by the trespasses of the one man death reigned through that one man, talking about Adam, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? I had to understand how God saw me. As long as I believed that God saw me as a sinner, I was destined to continue in defeat. It's amazing that how you see yourself, how you identify yourself, affects the way you live. When I truly understood this verse, Romans 5.17, truly understood that through Jesus, he has given me the gift of righteousness and that God viewed me as righteous, not a sinner. That changed my outlook on life. If I think I'm a failure, I'm going to fail. If I think I'm a sinner, I'm going to sin. But, but if I think I'm righteous, then, then I'm going to begin to live righteously. If I, if I believe that I'm a victor through Christ then I can live victoriously. And it's amazing. My life began to take a different turn when I grasped that. I began to see victories over areas of my life that I had not seen victory before. Along those same lines, I, I needed to understand the unconditional love of God. We live in a world where mostly love is pretty conditional. Right? Like, sure, as long as you love me, I love you, as long as we're, you know, in this good relationship. But, but cross that and forget it, you know, let's just cross ways. 
And it can be natural to project that onto God and believe that He loves you when you're doing good and disappointed with you when He's not. But Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says, But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God's love never depends on what we're doing. While we stood for everything God was against, He loved us. And He sent His Son so that we could be free. How many of you know that you can know something in your head but not truly believe it in your heart? That's where I was. I could have, man, I could have given you all the right answers. I, I, I actually grew up uh, going to church. I, I spent a lot of time in Sunday school, and uh, I could have given you all the right answers if you'd asked me. But I had never fully accepted God's unconditional love in my heart. There were a couple of passages in the Bible that God took me through so that that could really sink in. The first was the story of the prodigal son. In this story, we see a son who, who takes his inheritance and leaves his, his father only to squander the money and end up destitute. But what's amazing is that when he came back to his father, his father ran to him. And at that, that time in my life, I began to identify with the, the prodigal inside of me who had, had sinned against the father and who had sinned against God. And, and, um, and to know that God never stopped loving me, and in fact, his his countenance toward me was, was running to, as if he was running to me. That began to shift my perspective. A key moment came when I was, I was praying in my room. And I, I was praying, uh, and, and the Lord led me to a passage in Song of Solomon uh, where a man was speaking about his lover and how much he loved her. And, and, and the Lord spoke clearly to my heart and said, This is how I feel about you. It seems very simple but it was like a switch just clicked inside of me. And at that, at that moment, I, I began weeping. I had gained, at that point, I would say I gained a fresh revelation of God's love for me. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. When we think about victory, we may feel that we just don't have enough willpower to push through. Or we may think that life's just handing me bad cards, and uh, there's just nothing I can do about it. But Romans 12.2 talks about being transformed by the renewing of our mind. See, most of the battle is right up here. This is where most of the battle in our life is. So how do we renew our mind? We need to fill it with the things of God. The Bible talks about about whatever is good, whatever is, is praiseworthy. Think on these things. So what can we do? We can we can pray. Read the Bible, sing songs of worship to God, listen to messages, read books, um, spend time with, with, with somebody else who can encourage you. You can encourage them. Ultimately, 
How does victory come? Victory comes through surrender. On the flip side, failure can also come through surrender. The question you have to ask yourself is, what are you surrendering to? We're all surrendering to something. Are you surrendering to your desires, to your circumstances, to what people have said about you? Or are you surrendering to Jesus and what he says about you? And in so doing, renewing your mind. My hope and my prayer this year, as we dig deep into this idea of victory, this is kind of, I'm, I'm giving a very broad stroke view today, but, but we're, hopefully we're going to dig deep this year. That's, 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 that's our heart. And as we do that, my hope and my prayer is that, that you're going to have some of those moments with Jesus, that you will allow him to break down walls in your life to break down the the mindsets you have about yourself, to help you take your eyes off of yourself and look to Jesus. In fact, today could be one of those moments for you. It could be one of those breakthroughs. And if you are calling out to Jesus this year, if you are seeking him, then I believe with all of my heart that you're going to have many more this year. God wants you to live a victorious life. In, uh, in just a couple minutes, we're, we're going to sing a, a song called uh, His, His Banner Over Me. Uh, it's a song uh, written in 1991, and it, it, it references a passage in Song of Solomon which says, His banner over me is love. Now, what, is, what does this mean? What does that mean, His banner over me is love? Let's, let's think for just a second, what is a banner? Typically, a banner is a long piece of either cloth or, or paper or something like that that, um, uh, that that is declaring something. Usually, write something on a banner, you're declaring something. It's, it's proclaiming something to other people. It's oftentimes used to rally people around an idea. So when God thinks of us, what is he wanting to declare? What is he wanting to proclaim over our lives? It's that he loves us. His love is what can define us. His love is what breaks down walls in our lives if we allow it. Can I have the worship team come forward? It's amazing that the simple concept you, you, you may learn in Sunday school, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, is, is, is one of the most profound things that you can ever grasp. And so my, my, my prayer this morning is, is that as we sing this song, as, as you focus on, on God's, God's love for you, that you let it sink into your heart, not just your mind. God loves you. Do you believe that?